Shit about death with Diane and Jeff. Yeah, we're all bereft, so get it off your chest. We're talking shit about death. We're talking shit about death. Well, hello there. On this episode, we're talking shit about death with Melanie Maria Goodrow. She's a poet, a playwright, and a teaching artist. Not to mention, she's one of my best friends in the entire universe. Hi, Mel. (laughs) Hi, Jeannie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really awesome. That's fabulous. What's going on? Nothing. Just chilling out here in the backyard. Having a drink. Having a drink. Ready to... Just sit down, just sit down and look at that beautiful pulpit over there. Oh, wow, I didn't even see the lights. That's why I got up on that thing. I'm such an ass. Did you see the whole thing that was done for you? Did you hear the words and the poem of the people? Yeah. I'm going to need to hear it again. It was so simple. People were like, I'm like, people are so insane. (laughs) People do that to you, though, all the time. No, they don't. But it's just like, what are you talking about? It's so weird. Like, it was so profound. And I'm like, it's, it it was just words that we said. I'm like, I'm not even trying to be like, I don't think it was great. It was good. It was cute. I'm not trying to say it wasn't good or cute. I'm just trying to say. It was something. No, it was. It was very special. It was awesome. It was actually, you know what? You know, at a certain point, economy does lend itself to certain moments. What does? Economy. I didn't want to be like, and now I'm going to say a deep poem in a tree to all of you people about someone I've known for a very long time. It goes like this. Tree of Diane. (laughs) Tree of my roots of my. Tree of my split, 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 split. <laughs> you could do that now if you wanted. <clears throat> no, but I do want to get back up on there. Right now? <laughs> no, not now, but really, actually, in the future, I genuinely want to tell you, you know, like, I really want to get back up there again. I think it's a very special place to say things from. You can do that anytime you like. Okay, thank you. I mean, you know that already. I love it, sure. I feel like we need to get another step so it's easier to get up there. But it's actually very easy. It is so beautiful. I had so much fun being up there. I hope there's a picture of me on there. I imagine there probably is. That bug is bugging you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are we talking shit about death now? You can go right into it if you want to. I mean, we're just talking shit about shit right now. Okay. I'm done with that. Oh, do you want to tell me anything I need to do? Just be myself and you'll, you'll guide this discussion? <laughs> yeah, just tell me a story about something. Oh, okay, but do you want me to tell you an actual story about something? Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever. Because I would just chill out and talk about anything until you start talking about something else. Oh, we'll just start talking about, talk shit about death. Okay. You know anybody who dropped dead lately? <laughs> do I know anyone that's dropped dead lately? Uh, uh, yes, child. Yes, I do. 
Oh, yes, I do. I do. I forgot. We're not just, we're actually talking shit, like, for real. Like, I'm not just, like, wandering in the woods thinking about death like I do all the time. The uh, Do I know anybody that's... Somebody who dropped dead recently. I do. I do. I know a few people. Uh, one being, most recently, Steve Cannon. <sighs> he did do it. He did it. He did it two Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago. Yeah, two Sundays ago. He did, and I wasn't really expecting it. I mean, how old was he? He was 84, so we knew it was going to come soon. But we didn't know, or we knew it was going to come at some point, but he was so strong the last time I saw him. It just didn't seem like it was going to happen, like, right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, but he took a, his health took a quick turn to bad between Wednesday and the pretty much the Saturday night that he died. So those must have been pretty bummed out days for him. But I spent a really good time with him before he, he died. Did he fall? He fell down and broke his hip or something? He fell down and broke his hip, but he did it in June. So about oh, June okay. 12th is when he fell down and broke his hip. And he went to the hospital. Somebody told me on the 13th, but trust me, he was in the hospital on the 12th because that's what I have my, my text exchange. So the 12th, 13th, he went to the hospital for the hip. And it was a bummer seeing him there in the hospital. At that time, I was kind of just amazed that he had endured at that point the great physical pain of dropping into an accident as a blind person and an elderly person. What happened? He got hit by what? What happened to him? So he was in his house, and because he's blind, he was having, you know, I mean, he always has to figure out how to move around because he doesn't have his sight. But he also has recently had like a little, had a look, a recent scare about his heart. So he needed to take care of himself and he needed to exercise. So he had an exercise bike in his house that he would just get on early in the morning and just pedal, 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 pedal. Now, I didn't know this. I knew I saw the exercise bike in his house when I'd go in there, but I'd never really look at it and, and thought, oh, wow, Steve's really getting on this exercise bike. And all kinds of other things you don't think about. It's like, wow, we should make sure the exercise bike was in a particular place so that you know, Steve wouldn't fall on it. All kinds of things that you know can happen to you at any point, but then once they happen, you're like, oh, okay. So he was getting up in the morning, and he um, was exercising on his bike, but he didn't get to do that. He must have tripped and fell or fell off of the bike, and the bike fell on top of him, and just... Is he all by himself? It's a bad scene. He By himself, the office person, it was too early for the office person to have arrived, so, or maybe she wasn't even due in that day. So he's pretty much by himself as an 84-year-old blind person, but he was waiting on someone to come into the office. And then he fell on the floor. And <sighs> so in his own words, he told me he spent those two hours figuring out how to get off of the floor while he was in pain. And he was hoping that he was going to make it out of there alive. I'm actually pretty surprised that he actually lasted those two hours because he recently had those heart troubles, and I can imagine how afraid he was at that point. But his big, intelligent, brainiac self, instead of just calling Alexa to get 911, he forethought 
that Alexa might, the ambulance, the 911, wouldn't be able to get into the main door. So instead of calling them, he called first one person who wasn't able to answer the phone, then he found Tracy, who was amazing, answered the phone. And instead of, he didn't want her to come. He wanted her to call 911. He said, Tracy, I'm on the floor. Call 911 to get me to get get inside the house, tell them the address, blah, 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 blah. He just gave her all of this information. And then when I saw Steve, he laughed. Oh, so then she must have, I don't know who she sent an email to, but because I had Steve's emails, I get all his emails so I can read him his emails. So his, the email comes up, notification, something about Steve fell or talking to somebody. And I'm like, because I, when I'm reading Steve's email, I'm reading them as him. I'm reading them as I'm trying. <laughs> and so I was like, what? So I ran down to the hospital to see him. And he didn't even have his dentures on. He was like, he was just, he just looked old and afraid and scared. And this one, I looked at him, I'm like, oh, Lord, how are we going to get through this one? Uh, but he was there, tough. Dina, he was tough. I'm sorry, I'm chapping. That's okay. But he was tough. He was tough. And at that point, I was like, this is rough on this older body. But then, girl, once they, once he got cleaned up, once, once it seemed like he had the surgery, he was cool. He was still hilarious. Still, his brain was still working. He still knew he wanted to get out. He still had hope. He still laughed. He still knew what was going on. He was ready to get out of that hospital. I'm not gonna lie. And did he get out of the hospital? So he left the hospital and he went to the rehab, which at this point now I'm realizing because I had, once I told people that Steve had passed, I found out from two other people that both of their grandparents, after they had like a hip Mm. thing, that they had also passed away. Hips will get you. So I'm like, wow, what is it? Is it because the hip is such a major bone and it's such a weird thing right in the middle of your body? I think it's just, if you're an older person and that happens, it's kind of, it's like a, it's a big deal. It's a big fucking deal. It's like the whole big middle center of your body, something that you don't even think about. And then I just think that you're really not meant to like, and this is the thing with Steve is that when he told me that, because Steve has lived so long and so many things have happened to him, I feel like he knew that hip thing because he's one of those people yeah. that he knows everything. But this is the information that I'm only getting now as I'm 48, going into this, going like, oh, so if you fall down on your hip and you're an old person, that's the beginning of some kind of weird end. And it's not necessarily the hip. I just think your body's not ready to deal with that. Plus, you got to be in a bed. Plus, this man was like a major organizer. So I think for him, quite frankly, I'm just going to speak frankly. That's what you I'm do. supposed to do. <laughs> but I'm going to speak frankly, and I don't, know if, I don't know what we should do about it. But I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the real thing. Lay it on me. I think what I think after Tuesday you're right you want to take a minute no I'm just going to tell you I think that after Tuesday when I saw him came to visit him and Bob Hoban was there and his favorite person in the world, Mary Chen, was there. And I think, I know I told Steve I was going to see him on Sunday and now I know 
because I didn't hear it that night, but I heard from Mary that she had told Steve that she was going to be away for four days. And she thought that Steve was being like a drama queen when he was like, four days, that's forever, four days. So I think that Steve, who was in the hospital and wanted to go home, I think when it got really bad, I think he must have known he wasn't going to really make it out. And I think he was sad because he knew he wasn't going to see certain people for like a little while, like Mary. And I think that that was hard for him. So whatever physically was happening to him was not made better because he wanted to go home. He wanted to be at home. Wanna take a second? Yeah, sure. Hit the go button. So we're back with you. All right, anyway, so I freaked out a little bit about whatever it was. I, I had to, I thought about that moment again. But anyway, but this is interesting to me about as far as death and home is concerned, is that I had a conversation with Steve, and one of the last ones, the last things he told me is, I just want to go home. I said, yeah, you know, and he said he was bored. I don't know if I asked him why. I think it was pretty obvious why he wanted to go home, but... <laughs> But he was like, he said he was bored. And I said, okay, I get it. And I just heard that. And I was kind of like, okay, he wants to go home. And then I remember these people that I knew, because like a few years ago, like really frequently, I had like three coworkers that were killed in an accident. All of a sudden, like at the end of summer, at the end of a really happy, great summer. And then all of a sudden, three people got, got all died in a car accident. <laughs> but before they died, the whole summer they were packing. Packing, 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 building, going into a new house. Looking at pictures of a new house, looking at their pictures of a new home. Looking, looking, looking for pictures of home. All packed up. And then they all died. And I was kind of like, when the energy around them dying was like going around, I was kind of like thinking like, wow, I just was sitting with this woman on the playground talking to her about whatever random things we were talking about. And of course, because she was packing because she had just bought a new house. She was talking about how she couldn't wait to unpack and she couldn't wait to get into her new home. So I think about that. So I'm thinking about Steve wanting to go home. I'm thinking about those people like trying to get to a home. And in all these different cultural references and songs, sometimes you hear um, heaven or the afterworld referred to as home. And then it also makes me think of this song, and this is a song that I actually shared with Matthew. And the reason why I shared this song with Matthew was because someone that had cancer, they knew that they were going to die. Like in, they knew, they knew it was coming. And so I went and looked at all these long time of their Facebooks, like what were they posting? What were they thinking about as they were going through this, if they were a person that does stuff like that? And so I kept seeing people thanking her for this particular song. I said, what is this song? Let me listen to the song that this person had this relationship to. And we listened to it. I think we listened to it definitely after, like, Matthew died. But maybe, I don't know if you listened to it. But in the lyrics, it's all about the person leaving here and now and going on to home, going on into a journey, going on to a journey and, like, saying that when they get to wherever they're going, they're going to, you know, the people that are going to give them a crown and give them a robe and they're going to tell the story of how they how they made it over, how they made it over, 
they're gonna see his face as soon as they get home like home is the whole like you know ultimate place where they want to be and so I just think it's so interesting sometimes I think about that like the idea of going home mm-hmm. what do you think about that I think that's what happens I think like I wish my voice wasn't so messed up I think like when you die I think you go back to wherever you came from because right. where'd we come from Right. Gotta come from somewhere, maybe, right? Like your weird little spirity, whatever that is, thing. Right. So you must be going back to whatever it is that you came from before you were here. I think so. And you didn't know what you were going to be, you didn't know you were here, and you just go back there. Yeah. And I think probably getting born has got to be a lot weirder than dying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because wherever, that you're not anything, really. You're whatever you are. Like a spirity energy bad thing. And then you get shoved into a weird body. Shot out of a vagina. <laughs> and then you got to deal with all this crap. Yeah, but then your mind is what's creating all of this. And that's why I think about... That's the other thing that just makes me so scared. When I think about the mind, that's when I get scared. Because it's kind of like I think what about... What do you mean? I just think, like, my mind is the thing that is, like, correlating to you that I associate with your face, the memories that I have with you, the times that we spent. And all that time was not just your face and your body. Obviously, there is a spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Obviously, I came to meet you, and I didn't know I would ever meet you, and how we do that with all the people that we meet in the world. But then I'm like, but if if the mechanism by which that I'm able to think that thought is dead, am I dead? I think something else happens. You know what I mean? I think, like, wherever we came from, that's why we know each other and we like each other so much. It's because we came from the same whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that about a lot of my friends. You know, like, I think we came from a similar spirit place, whatever the hell that is. And when we go away, we're going to go back into that weird mush and I'll be, like, like, we won't have to be this weird separated body looking at you with my eyes and stuff. Right. Because we'll just, it'll be something totally different that you don't need all that crap. (laughs) You don't need all of it. You don't need your brain and your eyes and all that stuff. Right. But something makes me, then I I do get to this thing where I revert to just wanting like like almost like an imaginative childlike understanding of what that is when you go over there. Because there's some things I wouldn't want to lose. You know what I mean? Like the idea of Steve dying, like Steve, who was my great friend who was blind, he spent like, 30 freaking years not seeing anything and I think that the spirit of the world put an extra dose of like something on him so I just feel like when he went to the other place in my brain I'm like wow can he did he get a chance to see everything do you reunion with the other people because that's what would make the other side so much better like when I get over there I want to be able to I want to see Steve again I want to see my dad. I would like to see Minky. I'd like to see Auntie Lucille, and I want them to be really happy. Do I want to live the life that I had here in this humdrum world? No. But if I was like some spiritual entity, and at just some point I realized I could recognize the faces that I knew some kind of way, and then I realized, okay, I'm here. I'm just going to turn into like a light bulb, or like a, like a, <laughs> like a, I'm going to turn into a, a roll of song, or I'm going to be the cor- color orange. I mean, sometimes I think like. You know, I also think about, when I think about God, or I think about everything, I think, oh, this is such an interesting, the world is so vast, and everything that's holding it together is so big, right? The air and all of the different electricity that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sometimes I think, oh, I remember thinking when all those other people died that they weren't far. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
I had access to them, do you know, in some weird way. Well, I think that's the truth. I mean, I feel like when people die, they don't really go away away. I mean, they're not here. But like, I get little weird signs and messages and all that crap all the time. You know, like, actually, when your friends got killed in the car accident, remember I was talking to you on the phone, and wasn't it, like, White Feather or something? Yeah, it was White Bird. And I, I was talking, you just were telling me about it, and I was walking outside of work, and I found this big White Feather. And I was like, I don't know these people. But I, I know thought you. you found a few of them. I found, well, no, when I was talking to you, I found that one feather. But what? then, like, when uh, other brother Dave died, I, I, it was like, you found a it bunch was of like feathers. he threw a chicken at me. There was just feathers, 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 feathers. feathers. And Davey, I was outside out here talking to Robert Toms on the phone and telling him about my brother Dave dying. And a feather fell, like, out of the sky onto my hand. <laughs> like, just a little baby one. And I was like, where did that come from? I remember that. So I've actually characterized that in the thing that I'm writing. <laughs> but, I, you know, right. it happens. Or my brother Mike, he, um, he used to wear patchouli all the time. And... We always smell it, like, not always, but, you know, like, my my brother and my sisters, you know, we might be just be farting around doing something, and you get a whiff of patchouli for no reason. There's nobody else around, and it just happens, and it's just like, hey, Mike, what's up? You know, because I just, I know they do that. I don't know what it means. I don't know how that happens. I don't know if it's just my brain, or maybe if it's just paying attention differently to just regular crap that happens all the time, but... Sometimes it's a little too much. <laughs> it's yeah. Just like, bam, no, I, bam, bam, I, I, bam, I get bam. you. No, Ooh. no, I feel you on that. I definitely, I remember Miriam, like my friend Miriam, when her husband died. Her husband died. He was one of the people that died. I thought like 10 people died one year, right? And it was like those people died. Charles died. Everybody was dying. It was like, okay, that was the thing I learned in that period. I was like, okay, because I remember telling Charles, I'm like, Charles, I can't take it anymore. So people, so many people have died. <laughs> Stop it. I think it was like Minky died. I think Minky died. Yeah. Then I think my coworker Brooke died on my birthday. Then those people died. That was three and one. So that's one, two, three, four, five. Then after that, then I think Charles died. Then a student of mine died. Then it was like, and I remember going to tell Charles because my uncle Renee died and I said then I, I was at his deathbed I came back and I said Charles I said Bay died my friend Miriam's husband died I was like yo I said Charles I can't take it I said when is this going to stop like all these people are dying when is this going to stop he's like I don't know Mel and he was just looking at my uncle Renee's picture he's like he looked like he was a really cool, cool guy to know <laughs> and then that weekend he died. Like, Charles just damn died out of the blue. And it was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so that's what the thing I learned, which is like a real no-brainer, right? But I was like, oh, this is not going to stop. Nope. It's not going to stop. It's going to keep happening, you know. And it's like, okay, so now I'm like, all right. So I'm trying to get to some point where I'm not so, like, devastated by it. This is what I told Miriam. I'm like, as we continue to go through this grief, because we were grieving so, so hard for all of these people, and we were listening really hard, I think. And I think that we got to this, we got to this really deep, 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 deep realization. It was so simple. And I remember communicating it to Miriam, and we could not even speak because we were so profound we felt so profoundly <laughs> communicated by the spirits and it was just kind of like them just basically saying we will communicate with you 
like that was enough. I'm not going to tell you much more than that. Hello. But just so you know, we're not far and we will communicate. And I remember Miriam and me just crying. And I think that what we were crying about was that although we had accepted and we could accept that that was true, what was painful for us at the time was that we had to admit that the way that they communicate with us is a way that is so challenging and so, you know, I guess it's challenging if you're not really awakened to it, but like, in other words, it's just so nice to be able to be like, hey, what's up? Hey, Jeannie. And you tell me what you want. You know, I don't have to guess what you're thinking. I don't have to wonder, are you a bird that flew onto a line <laughs> that we're trying to put into if a I cage? If I drop dead, I'll make sure you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what everybody says, you know. And then actually Max- Matthew came and communicated with me in a dream. So look, it's kind of like, it's kind of like this. I get it. I think that what's hard is that that is just difficult to communicate and listen in that way. But as these things keep going and as they keep happening, I get better and better. So then someone else died, like my one of my other mentors died, Keith Roach died. I know it was him. I don't have to wonder. I was in the studio. His picture was there. Many of my other ancestors are there. But I think that some of them actually tell you stuff that they're kind of like, I'm the person that's telling you this. And it was Keith. It was Keith. So when I see him again, however I see him again, I will give him that prop. <laughs> Keith was like, it was his picture. And I know that this is a thought that I could not have. He said, if you pay attention to us, you will never grieve. That's it. Another simple one. I also believe that too. It's like, if you continue to pay attention to these people, if you keep thinking about them, talking to them, communicating with them, remembering them, um, really putting into your life the things that you learned from them. And then this is the other thing about Steve Cannon dying, is that because he didn't have his sight, he was this really amazing listener. And I realized that he spent so much of his life having to just like trust and have everything kind of just darkened and blackened out of his entire existence <laughs> to the point where he was really he had to stop and listen to people's essences, their souls, the way that they were talking, their little, what, what they were bringing to the table. And I feel like with him gone, it's almost like, okay, so what's that like? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like really listening to him and really listening to stuff and actually I have found and I know it's not just I don't think it's partially I don't think it's just my imagination or what maybe your brain is doing when you do that but it's like after he died I was looking for something like the next day and I could almost hear him being like oh there it is there's your purse oh that's what it looks like almost like almost like Steve being like tripping out because he could actually see things and because he was able to see things he was able to point these things out to me you know, <laughs> he's like, hey, check it out. He's like, look. look, oh wow, look, there's your purse right there. I can see it. Just look for it. You know what I mean? Or look, that's that thing. And I use was kind of like, eyeballs. Here, yeah, use your eyeballs. You know, like, hey, I can see now, so I can help you find things the way you've helped me find things. And I was kind of like, wow, you know. And so, what is that? You know, me just wanting to listen to them, you know. And sometimes I listen to Charles, or sometimes I look at, listen to Steve. And I would imagine my father has definitely guided me. So, but I guess I just have to like. I don't know, if you pay attention to us, you will never grieve. We all know people that have died. 
We're talking shit about death With Diane and Jeff Yeah, we're all bereft So get it off your chest We're talking shit about death We're talking shit about death Thanks for spending some of your limited time here on Earth with us. For more stories, photos, and goodies, go to TalkingShitAboutDeath.com. See you next time.